FBSC Finance brings you 30 Minutes in Finance, your weekly finance-related podcast. I'm your host, David Garbett. Now on with the podcast. My name's Steve Beck. I'm a commercial finance consultant at Empire Finance. So Empire Finance is a team of 16 consultants around the UK, and we all work together um, to help our clients. And that will involve uh, business owners, uh, businesses themselves, property owners, developers. Um, and generally, we help clients that are either disenfranchised by their banks, the bank hasn't got an appetite to, to lend, they don't have a contact at their bank. So we can bridge that gap for all those people um, to, to, to help them find the suitable solution. In terms of your day-to-day job, Stephen, um, yeah. what would you say is your sort of most, like, is there a typical deal that you sort of specialize in or anything of that nature? Okay, so I, I deal with a, a real range of requirements for clients. So it could be it could be commercial property, it could be semi-commercial property, so you, you know, typical sort of flats above uh, retail premises, but it also might be um, a, a development or it might be a, a type of bridging finance. So it, it's very varied what I, what I deal with and my colleagues deal with. Um, but I suppose if I'm honest, a lot of it is property driven to some extent, whether it be owner occupied or investor or development. Okay. And do you get involved with any regulated lending as in sort of main residences or anything, or is it all commercial? No, we don't, we don't do any regulated um, borrowing. Um, We're very much set up to do unregulated um, commercial lending um, across the organization. Okay. Is Empire regulated in itself or, or not? Yeah, so Empire um, is is regulated by the FCA, um, and uh, that's obviously that we we all the consultants work underneath that framework. We have a compliance team in our head office, and just as if you were going to approach your own bank or your existing lender, we do everything by the letter of the law. Okay, perfect. And are you all sort of self-employed under that banner? At the moment, Empire is structured as um, a team of 16 consultants. We're all self-employed. We don't get paid a salary. We all have our own clients and we all have our own companies um, underneath Empire. Um, Empire provides us the framework which we can work within and we work work together within. Um, so um, that, that, you know, that by having Empire you know, behind us, um, you know, we have our compliance is, is absolutely, you know, A1, that's looked after very, very well. Marketing, all the links with the lenders, Empire is in its ninth or tenth year now. So very, very, very well established organisation. That said, we're about to change. <laughs> so, okay. Um, is this a, a scoop? A bit of a scoop, but nothing, nothing earth shattering. But um because of IR35 regulations, we've taken a decision that what we will all do is we'll all be ARs of Empire um, in the near future, um, which will be a subtle change. It won't change the way we deal with clients. We'll still have Empire. Um, we'll all be working together collaboratively under the banner of Empire, but our own companies, our own consultancy businesses um, will be slightly more in the forefront. Um, as um, you know, appointed representatives of Empire Finance. Yeah, so it's going to be more of a, a 
sort of back office change um, in terms of the the legal yeah. structures and, and that kind of thing as opposed to anything yeah. anyone will really notice um in how did you actually get into this business were have you always been in finance or can we sort of roll the clock back a little bit um and see how it all started yeah sure i mean for, for myself um I, I i left school at 16 i didn't go to to college university or what have you i joined um i joined the, the bank lloyd's bank i worked for uh joined in 1987 many many moons ago um and um i did many many different types of roles um that just don't exist in 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 banks anymore um in short i i i, I well I've worked i've worked for lloyd's for well over 30 years um but it was very much doing a number of different different roles within retail banking uh and and, and then second part of my career in commercial banking um where i was a relationship manager for 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 clients um, in the area that i work within yeah so that seems to be a very sort of common path and the the sort of jump from being employed to self-employed how did you make that was that something uh, that you would always wanted to do and and why did you make that step okay good question um so so yeah having been employed for for you know for almost 33 years i won't um you know i won't beat around the bush it's it's quite a scary thought initially you think right okay i'm going to go to be self-employed to being employed but the reason why i did it was because having built up over those years a really good network of contact, professional contacts and contacts with business clients, um, I, I I felt this was the right way to go and still do um, because it gives me more control as to what I do, how I work and the types of clients that I deal with. Yeah, because it, it, it is a, a challenge one. I think you see a lot of people that are employed and that safety net of that regular salary um, is a serious draw and I know obviously from experience that that's the case um, and it's sort of making that leap was it there any particular sort of moment that you just thought I've just got to do it um, or was or anything that actually triggered it or well I, yeah, I took the opportunity of um, you know a restructure in you know the bank in the part of the bank that I was in at the time and I thought about it for a little while and I thought, you know what, um, now I can, I can go one or two ways here. I can either go to another bank or another lender doing something similar or something a little bit different, but go to another, go to another financial organisation as an employee, but perhaps have some of the same um, frustrations that, 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 that I had. So, or I could actually just use my network of contacts with, with um, having a slightly freer range, shall we say, um, and um, being able to being able to generate quality business myself. Yeah, and was that the the sort of the push? Was that part of like a, a VR, a voluntary redundancy yeah. sort of scheme that was going on, or that yeah. that helped sort of financially give you that Absolutely. little leg up? Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, in, in all honesty, probably if I didn't have the, the 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 degree of comfort of a package behind me, that 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 was probably a big sort of trigger in my, in my decision. Because um, yeah. what you've got to be prepared to do is to gradually, you know, build build your client base, build your pipeline, 
um, you're, you're not starting from, from ground zero, but if you, you get them adrift, you're, you're going from doing one thing to another thing and it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, every overnight success takes years, as they say. So um, I think that that's the way it goes. And in terms of getting started, did you join straight up with Empire or was did you start your own thing initially? No, so early doors, like I'm sure many people would, I had um, sort of coffee meetings um, whilst we still could because we were sort of pre-COVID, just before pre-COVID days. Um, so I reached out to my network and fairly fairly quickly, I had an opportunity to join the team at Empire. I really liked the sound of it. I liked the setup. Um, and probably within probably within a few weeks, um, I'd made my mind up in terms of you know what I was going to do. Let's say, how long ago did you actually join Empire? So I joined Empire uh, in earnest uh, early April 2020. Okay, so it hasn't been long. In these no. those sort of two years and a, a two and a half years uh, that you've been there, if you could rewind the time now with everything you know, is there anything that you would do differently going sort of solo that other people can obviously maybe use to to kind of fast track? Um, yeah, I suppose we could all anybody that says they couldn't do anything differently. I, I think probably isn't telling the truth. So I think the temptation when you're doing what I do and you're coming out of you know my background, the temptation is to grab every bit of business or every single thing that comes your way. And that's, that's um, you've got to be a little bit careful there. Um, you can make yourself a, um, you know, a busy fool. And also, if you're not careful, you can also be doing a lot of work and actually not getting remunerated for it. So it's, yeah, I suppose I would be, if I was being harsh on myself, I would say, like, okay, should be a bit more picky as to what, um, uh, uh, you know, what, what business I took on and uh, how, how I engaged in that business. Yeah, it is very much, uh, I obviously, working from the lender side and, and dealing with sort of dozens of brokers, we see a lot of different strategies and, and some of them are very mm -hmm. much sort of scattergun, shotgun approach where they will yeah. just get everything and throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Um, and then yeah. others are very sort of deep into particular clients working like as a partner essentially with them. And where would you see yourself? Are, are you sort of somewhere in the between or um, or a mix? Yeah, I, I would, I would say, <coughs> excuse me, I would say I was probably somewhere in the middle there. I like to take a, um, you know, hands-on consultative approach as much as I can if the client wants me to. Um, so I certainly wouldn't say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm an order taker as such. So if a client approaches me and says, look, I want this, or, or they, may, they even name a product sometimes, I want to do this, this is what I want. It's not always what they, what they need, actually. So I do try and take the approach, as, as I'm sure my colleagues do, that um, let's, let's have a look at things in the round. Let's look at the overall situation, why they want to do what they're asking me to do. Uh, what's the implications of that? What happens if they can't do it? Have they got a plan B? So we'll open the conversation out so that we've just explored all avenues. Yeah, because I know from experience, obviously, we've worked on a, a couple of cases together. And, and I know very recently you've done a deal that many probably would have deemed 
impossible um, or very, very challenging. Um, and obviously stick, uh, sort of stuck with the client for a, a long time. Um, without sort of going into too much detail, are you able to, to sort of give us a, a brief overview of, uh, of that particular deal um, in terms of how long it took and, and sort of the steps you had to take and, and how far you actually went to help this particular client? Okay, so I'll try and keep it as brief as I possibly can. <laughs> but um, but this, this, this was a client that uh, was, uh, was introduced to me. They had a, if you like, a, a, a business or, a, a, you know, an early sort of fledgling business, um, which um, it only just really just been trading a matter of months, really, if, if, if that and um so what the what, what it was a property on 12 acres um includes a, a includes a big farmhouse and um some outbuildings and within uh within those 12 acres um there was a lot of um open land um a meadow with a stream going through it very very nice um, um scenic location and on two acres of that land the client was operating um, a business there, uh, which was a natural burial ground, um, which I'll be honest, I haven't come across before and dealt with before. So that um, yeah. and the client had the client had a requirement to 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 to, to pay for some um, costs that um, were necessary um, for for planning purposes. So um, you know, a high street bank, for instance, would not have been able to support that request because there was no existing business really to hang the hat on. Yeah, it was a very speculative uh, sort of deal. Um, and yeah. then obviously going from that, I, I believe from memory, obviously the, the deal went on to a bridge that got funded and obviously as things do um, and with the difficult times that everybody went through, um, obviously things didn't quite go to plan. Um, and then, yeah, jump in <laughs> from there. Yeah. Yeah, well, but, but basically, um, so so the initial um, bridge um, matured, and the the, the lender that um, that was dealing with the client agreed to extend it by a, a six month period, which bought the client a bit more time to get the business in a place where um, we we could refinance long term. Certainly, that was the plan. But as you alluded to, uh, you know, things didn't really didn't go the client's way for a number of reasons. Covid, um, the dreaded C word, really sort of got in the way still um, for 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 a, for a number of reasons, um, and the business just didn't go in the in the sort of direction that it was first hoped, or certainly as quickly as hoped. Plus, the client had a few sort of health issues of her own as well, which 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 which, which was not very helpful. Um, so. Um, yeah, it got to the end of, in, in the summer, got to the end of the maturity period and things got quite, um, yeah, quite, quite, quite stressful as far as the client's concerned in terms of the lender had a second charge over the property and um, obviously needed to, to get that paid back as, as, as soon as possible. 
Yeah, and obviously, it, you know, it's we wouldn't be discussing it if it didn't all turn out right yeah. at the end. And obviously, you stepped in, um, and and yeah, like I said at the start, I thought it was a very difficult one to sort out, uh, but obviously, you managed to do it, and that's uh, uh, that's yeah. why you have somebody like yourself, obviously, to sort of step in. You know, a lot of lenders, you know, um, a yeah. lot of possible sort of outcomes, and even if it isn't exactly what the client initially. Uh, wanted as you alluded to you can sort of mold it into something that works for everybody um, and I think that takes obviously a lot of experience and, and that's why you know we always yeah. say that a lot of people ask us oh you know why do brokers get paid so much or, or the fees um, and it's it's for that very reason um, in terms of the fee structure and everything obviously talking mm. of the the lender that's yeah, we you just paid back. Um, there's a lot of talk at the moment about sort of relatively onerous default fees, um, and I've seen that going around on, on various bits. Do you have any sort of views on um, sort of what actually is acceptable and what people uh, should be sort of you know morally um, and and in terms of treating customers fairly, be sort of charging or, or sort of doing? Um. Now that is a tough one um, as to what's morally acceptable. What I will say is, um, you know, on, on, on the one hand, you've got lenders saying, well, okay, these are the terms. And, and it is all obviously upfront in all the documentation. And obviously my job is to make sure the clients are fully aware of the terms that are being put to them. Um, and, um, you know, if you do exceed the terms or, you know, you, you haven't repaid by the certain due date, so that as an understanding to a, to a point, an expectation to a point, there's going to be an implication financially in terms of that happening. Um, to actually say, put a figure on it, I think is, is, is difficult and cases are different. Um, but what I would say, and the way I would always work, I mean, I work very, very closely with my clients and will we'll hold their hand as much as they need to. Um, so in the case that we've just described, you know, all times, and we ended up two or three months past the actual date where they had needed to pay the lender back. But it's the communication piece. As long as your communication is clear and you're making it quite clear what is happening, that, that's important. I think lenders have got a duty from a customer, customer care point of view and also sort of treating customers fairly to actually you know, be taking that on board. Um, the other thing, of course, is that you know, we're outside of COVID now, but generally the world moves a bit more slowly from what I'm seeing now. And um, so it's going to take a while to catch up. So these things do take time. So it, yeah. there's got to be a bit of an understanding from the lender, the other side, um, that these things can sometimes take a bit more time than first envisaged. Yeah, no, and I, I think that deal is a, a perfect example um, of sort of just sticking it out and obviously trying to to get sort of support the client in the end there's been a, a lot of talk as well about um the base rate going up the bank of england base rate um yep. have you got any thoughts on that at the moment and how are you seeing that actually is that impacting on sort of interest rates that you're getting for your clients at the moment already yes well it certainly is um i think we're all expecting a rise of um, at least a half a percent, probably to 0.75% by all accounts tomorrow, I think is the decision, isn't it? Um, so 
so so so yes it is impacting to a degree and i think it's impacting on people's the way people were thinking um don't forget 17 years odd whatever it was that, that we were at a historic low level of, of base rate and i think for many some of the you know younger generation that that's all they've known so to now see fees sorry to now see rates climbing as they are um you know is a concern and and and, and many wouldn't have to have actually gone through this before um people of a certain age obviously we have in uh, the 80s and 90s but um so rates are, are still very very low historically when you compare them to those levels but the impact at the moment i think there it's it's people are now beginning to think uh, you know okay should i now be committing to do this or um you know obviously we've got everything else that's going on in the economy at the moment you know with the you know the the, the, the cost of fuel energy as a whole you know, you know the ukraine um piece um so you put all those things in the melting pot and i think it's making a lot of people think um very very carefully before they commit to anything yeah because everyone's being hit at all sides from the way things yeah. are, are looking and i'm going to ask you something that might be difficult but to get your crystal ball out and give us a, a mm. prediction as to where you think the base rate's going to sort of end up if let's say for example if you had a client at the moment that was looking to get onto a um, either a commercial mortgage or something like that and they had the option to have a fixed rate for say two years five years or ten years at this level what would you you know taking into account that you can't predict the future realistically but um attempting to uh what would you say do you think it's just going to continue to rise and a 10-year would be a really good option right now or do you think it might sort of go up and then drop down again or yeah yeah let's what do you think I, yeah it's a, it's a it's a tough one i think i think i think conceivably you know i think before the end of the year we're probably going to be another two, possibly even another two percent higher. Wow. Possibly even another two percent higher by the end of the year, but certainly by the by the middle of next year, um, you know, we're, we're, we're I think we're going to be, you know, four and a half, five, basic four and a half or five potentially even. Um, but who knows? As I say, I haven't got a crystal ball. But as in terms of long term, it's more difficult to to predict. I don't I don't see it going up at the moment um continually at the, at the at the rate that it is but obviously that's all to do with inflation isn't it yeah. um so we don't and that's driven you know by, by a number of things but obviously what's not helping matters at the moment is the conflict in ukraine um and all the impacts and knock-on impacts that has on on prices on on a, on a number of things so um you know i'm 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 hoping personally that that will not continue to go up at that level, but it's difficult to say. Um, and it depends on your viewpoint as well as to what, how long you're going to fix for, because everybody's circumstances are different. It depends where you are in the life cycle, what your plan is for your business. Um, but I am seeing people, uh, my clients taking, uh, generalizing, but five-year fixes are, 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 are popular now. Um, and I can see the rationale for doing that. You know, um, people that want to make sure that they are, their, their costs are as fixed as much as they can be. And actually, you know, the, the, the price to fix is, is, is probably, in my, in my view, not probably not too bad at the moment when you consider everything that's going on. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. I think it is a, it's that sort of short to medium term 
I think it's probably if you can afford it, fix it in. Um, and if you, you know, that at least hedges the bets that you're going to be okay for that period of time. Yeah. Have you noticed yeah. any kind of particular deals that are, are getting harder to fund at the moment? Oh, um, used to be easy. That's a tough one. Give me a give me a minute on that one. Um, <laughs> one that I've noticed that, that is yeah. is the below market value uh, deals. They seem to oh, be getting I, a little bit yeah. harder. Um, I don't know if you see many of those. Not uh, not a great number. I'll be honest. Not a great number of those. Um, but I mean, generally speaking, if you think you know. Re, re, retail property, for instance. I mean, that's that's that that is still difficult to 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 fund. There's a lot of nervousness about different types of commercial property, and you can understand to a degree. I mean, the high street obviously is 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 incredibly um, you know, incredibly um, stringent in terms of what they want to see, um, particularly in the retail sector, and um, you know even offices. If you look at offices, you know you could think. Three, three years or so ago, they'd be quite easy to fund, but they're not so easy these days because of what's gone on in the world in the last two or three years. Yeah, the working from home is pretty much a, a sort of a killer on that side yeah. of things. Um, and I think if you, if let's say somebody was starting a brand new business, um, very sort of speculative retail business, is there any hope of actually getting funding to go in and purchase uh, a commercial sort of unit or a retail unit at the moment? Or is that like at a fairly high loan to value? Or is that incredibly hard nowadays? Um, I think, you know, if, you, if, if you're if you were a new business, I think, you know, you, that would be incredibly difficult. And you, you know, that, that would be, you'd need to be reasonably established and, um, of all due respect, sort of know what you're doing. Be have a have a good background in the in the part of the retail sector that you're in. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it, the, the the options are are much more limited than they've probably been for quite 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 a long while on that on that side of things. And obviously, don't forget before before all the other things that we've spoken about the last few years. You know, you what's going on in Ukraine and the energy crisis, if you call it that, and COVID. You've got the digital revolution, you know, the high streets, the way the high streets now are are going. Um, you know, that, that that all makes it more difficult. And, yeah. you know, we're seeing it already where to a degree in the in, in the high street that I live, you're getting some, some sort of local, if you like, sort of pop up shops opening. But you're also getting change of use to residential uh, as well going on. And yeah. um, I think I think we're going to see more of that. Yeah, I think unless a, a business is both, as they say, bricks and clicks, it's really going to struggle at the moment um, yeah. because just, uh, you know, unless you, you've got a real good niche, um, I think it's pretty difficult. Um, but thank you, obviously, for your time, Steve. I, I just uh, had a look at the time for you. Um, and obviously, I don't want to keep you too long. Um for people that are that want to get a hold of you, or, or where can they actually find you? Okay, so they can they can always speak to me on the phone. But basically, I'm always happy to have an initial chat with anybody. Really, um, the, the the key thing is, even if it's not me that can help, I will always try to signpost people in the right direction or, or give you some ideas that you might want to consider. But always happy to have a chat either on the phone or my mobile. 
uh, via my email address. Um, so yeah, not a problem at all. And obviously things like this, we're having Zoom, Zoom meetings or Teams meetings or what have you, which is obviously more commonplace. Yeah, perfect. And I'll have all of Steve's information in the description below. Um, so thanks for your time then, Steve. And obviously we'll, we'll have to do this again. Okay, thanks, David. Awesome. Cheers, Steve.